welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by the Breastfeeding Shop. The Breastfeeding Shop helps new and expecting parents around the world with their breastfeeding journey by supplying breast pumps, breast pump accessories, and more through your insurance. And today's episode is also brought to you by an update from Docatot. Um, we will get into the details later, but if you have a Docatot, the sleep doc, not the sleep doc, God, <laughs> the, the uh, you know, where you put your baby in, then that is not to be used for sleep. Um, you may have heard some issues with this deemed not safe for sleep, and we want to make sure that you are not using the doc for sleep. And we will, like I said, we're going to talk more about that later. Yeah. Um, but uh, you can head to our sponsor page at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. See if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And don't leave without checking our shop page and seeing the awesome merch that we have that we designed ourselves. And we are still hosting our ongoing giveaway, right? Yeah. <laughs> For people who are leaving reviews on iTunes or any other podcast apps like Spotify, you can use the little star thing. Um, anywhere that you're able to leave reviews, if you leave a review, take a screenshot and email that to uh, badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and you will receive a goodie bag of uh, stickers. And um, thank you for nursing in public empowerment cards. And tattoos. I have tattoos. Yeah. I'm going to throw those in there too. Yeah. I did. I was getting ready to... I was getting some ready today to send out. So um, one of them was cute. One of the one of the reviews because she was like, "Are you still doing it? Here's my review. I love stickers. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so excited for stickers. Like, yes, I'll stickers are cool. Stickers. Like why? Is, are why fun. are stickers so awesome? I don't know because I, I, like, I loved I like them when I was young, too. but now yeah. I'm back into it again. I don't I know because they're just cool. I know. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> so yeah, still doing that, and I do want to put out there super fast before I do the review um, that I am hosting a breastfeeding class, an online Zoom breastfeeding class on January 24th. God, I hope I have the date right. I hope I'm not telling everybody the wrong date. Um, and which is only in a couple weeks. So if you are listening right now to this episode, it is not yet January 24th. So you can still sign up and register if you want to. So go to my Instagram. It's Diane O'Cassidy. And you will find the details there or my Facebook page. Um, if you're following me, if not, please follow me because I want friends. And um, yeah. And if you're interested in getting into a breastfeeding class, absolutely join us. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, and now I'm going to do our review. Thank cool. you from mom of three. I am on my third child who I have been able to exclusively breastfeed for four months now, longer than my last two and with no formula. I am learning to find my confidence and you help me understand I'm not alone and I'm so thankful to have a friend share your podcast with me. So congratulations to you. And I just want to say that it is fine to use formula. I mean, she said here with no formula, she's very excited about it. Obviously, that was her goal. And I think that's amazing that that's where she is. And 
obviously really, really happy about it. But if you're using some formula, that's not the end of the world either. That's okay. Um, but this was her goal to not use formula and she's reached it and I'm really happy for her. And the other part of it too is that she's like, I've, you know, I feel more confident, which I think is really the important piece there. I mean, obviously the breastfeeding is too, but feeling really confident in your decisions as a new mom, I think is really hard. It's hard to reach that. You know, I know I, I had a really hard time with that too, like being really confident in everything that I felt like I was doing. So I'm really glad for her. And uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's all my stuff. We're going to talk about boundaries for yeah, us, and it's, right? Right. For ourselves. Not, yeah. Not specifically like breastfeeding boundaries, which are also for you, um, but just boundaries overall as a parent. We lose, we really lose the ability to do that, I feel like, once we become a parent. And I don't know what it is about that. First of all, I want to say that I'm really bad at boundaries. I'm just going to be totally transparent and put that out there that I'm really bad about that, which is why I do way too much stuff and have way too much stuff going on. But um, I really feel like once we become a parent, we're like constantly, you know, taking care of others and we don't really think about boundaries for ourselves. It just kind of happens. I feel like even if you were good at it before, you just lose that ability. Yeah. I mean, I think there is obviously a whole systemic piece to this where boundaries are not, I mean, I didn't even know what boundaries were until I had a baby and like, you know, started dealing with like extended breastfeeding and this feeling like I needed to create some boundaries for myself. And a friend said that to me, like, oh, you can create some like boundaries for yourself. And I was like, what is that? Like, I feel like especially as like women and girls, mm-hmm. you know, or the, as kind of being raised as these caretakers, or whatever, you're not taught to have any boundaries. Like, and, and, you know, with taking care of others or with, you know, dating or anything, you know, we're not, we're just not even taught about boundaries. And we live in a system too that doesn't value boundaries. Like if you are, you know, it's just all, you know, work work for, you know, labor, you need to go and put, you know, labor out there so that capitalism can continue to work. And we don't have, we're not taught, that would be the opposite. Like if everyone grew up like empowered to create boundaries, like people would be like, oh yeah, no, I really don't think it's healthy for me to work like 60 hours a week. So I'm not going to do that. Then where would we be? We're like, we're, we're trained to not have any of this like sense of our protecting ourselves in all the various ways that you do create boundaries for yourself, um, which I can talk about in a minute. I don't think I knew what a boundary was until probably until I met you and we started doing this podcast, you started talking about boundaries. Like that is probably, I remember working with a lactation consultant when I worked at the hospital. And back then, like I was, a, you know, a single mom of these three little kids and I would work my ass off when they weren't with me, I would be working. And I was trying to become a lactation consultant. And if anybody's gone that route, if anybody who's listening has gone that route, I was like trying to get all these clinical hours and trying to do all this, you know, do all this stuff that goes along with that, plus work and plus raise three kids by myself. So it was like, it was a lot. And I remember her saying to me, it's like, you're going to burn out. Like you're doing too much. You're going to burn out. And that was probably the only, like the closest thing to a boundary that I've heard about. And, um, and it, I mean, you know, and she's right. You do too much and you do, you burn out and then you're like, all right, I'm not doing anything for anybody ever again. Right. But, um, 
So it's like one extreme to the next, but it really, it, it becomes very hard. And for like for boundaries too, like I'm thinking about this as you're, you know, as you were talking, I got this amazing book for Christmas. Somebody had mentioned it to me a few weeks ago. And then my stepdaughter was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, oh, I want this book. And it's called What Happened to You? And I'm mm. reading it and they talk a lot about, it's written by um, somebody who's an expert in brain development. And talks a lot about like what happens from infancy on up and how you were treated, you know, like in the early days, which can mean like not even like, you know, abuse or neglect, but even just things that went on in your childhood that made you want to constantly please other people. You know, like maybe it was that you didn't get that attention that you needed from a caregiver. So now you're trying to like constantly get it that pleasing attention from others, right? And so you're just constantly like being that yes person. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll have that for you. Yes, I'll make dinner. Yes, I'll do, you know, and it's like you're constantly being that yes person because you don't want to disappoint anybody. And I mean, I'm definitely one of those people. I'm always about like trying to please everybody else and trying to do all the things. But because you have boundaries set up doesn't mean you're a bad person. Like it's it's definitely healthier for you overall. To do yeah, that. yeah. I mean, I think that yeah, you absolutely have to start to wrap your head around this because you live in. First of all, you live in a system that is going to try to break down your boundaries, and once you become a parent, your whole entire focus is this baby, and and then you really kind of are going through this transition of like you know shedding this old identity and create getting this new identity, and you kind of it's all focused on the baby and then you kind of forget about all of your like interests and you know, your need for space, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. And, and like, I mean, especially, especially if you're an attached parent, I mean, overall, absolutely. But especially if you have like, you know, you've got kids in your bed, um, your homeschooler, you know, things like that, where you do have your kids with you all the time, then it is really hard to find that time that you need. But even when you're not, if you're somebody who's just like, you know, and I know I did this too. Oh, you know, when the kids, when the kids go to school, then I'll do that. When the kids, you know, reach this point, when they're old enough to take care of themselves, when they can, you know, when they can babysit for themselves, I'll then I'll do this or that. Like you're constantly kind of pushing it off. I see that all the time, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah. well, when the kids are older, then then maybe I'll I'll take the time to do something like that for myself, you know, or or I'll I'll be able to do more things or I'll be able to, you know, whatever. Um be be more myself again. Find myself who I was before. I'll do that, yeah. you know, in a few years. And yeah. it's just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the different kinds of boundaries. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, I think when we think of boundaries, I don't know, here we talk so much about breastfeeding boundaries, but there's so many elements to boundaries. Um, So there's physical boundaries. And that might look to a parent like, I'm really exhausted from breastfeeding. You know, I need to sit down or I need to I need to not be like touched right now. And with a with your toddler, you know, you can like say that to your toddler or if you have a baby, you know, that might include, you know, you're putting the baby down or having your partner or family member or something hold the baby for a while. I remember mm-hmm. when I had when we had Jack, Josh and I would take turns eating dinner so that one could hold Jack. Mm-hmm. 
And I didn't even think about like, we could just put him down. <laughs> like I was just like, somebody has to hold the baby. Somebody has to, yeah. you know, somebody has to hold him. I'll eat. And then, and then, and then, you know, then I'll hold him and you can eat. Like, <laughs> I see that a lot with sleep. Like people will, will um, especially with a newborn, like they feel like somebody has to sit up and watch the baby sleep. So oh, yeah. they sleep in shifts. People yeah. will just sleep in shifts. Oh yeah. I totally did that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Just like so paranoid. It's like I need to be staring at this baby all the time to make sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and then we have some emotional boundaries, right? These are, now this is a concept that is that was like super new to me. Like that was something I didn't even, I remember talking to my, I was talking to my therapist years ago and I told her about a time that we were driving in the car and I think it was, it must've been Jack because I'm sure actually was too young, but he was like, is asking something over and over again or trying something over and over and over and over again. I lost it. I was like, no, you know, I don't, I don't even remember what the topic was. And so I was telling her about this and she was like, well, yeah, that's like, a, you know, violating your boundaries. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> so it's like, I told, I told my kids once, cause they were doing that in the car once. I was like, I don't want to hear from anybody unless you're on fire. Like I just, you know, like it just, because it it does, it gets you to the point where you will just snap. Right. And it's not because you are a crazy parent or you have an anger, anger problem. It's because somebody is violating your boundaries and your Mm -hmm. child, of course, doesn't know. And this is like something that, you know, you have to teach them about. Um, But of course, adults do it to us too. You know, maybe a, you know, a guy at a bar asks you out. 12 times, even though you already said no, or, you know, your partner is pressuring you to, you know, do something or, or, you know, I don't know. There's like millions of different ways that. Yeah. I was just thinking too, like you could have a boss that is like, even though you're just got back from maternity leave, or even if you are maternity on maternity leave, they're still sending you work or they're still sending you emails because you're the only one that can handle it. Like what does that do to you emotionally? Right. Like, and you right. can't say to your boss, or at least, well, you can, but you don't feel comfortable saying, look at, I'm not doing this. Right. Right. And you have to say no. Mm-hmm. And uh, with kids, it's so hard. It's so much harder because they just don't know. You know, they have no idea. And you're like, they just see you as an extension of them. Right. So there's no, you know, there's no respecting boundaries because you are them. And that's why I think that's why I came to see creating breastfeeding boundaries in toddlerhood as so useful. It's like a way really of modeling for them boundaries, like Mm -hmm. for themselves. Like you, you know, you, I know people always feel so bad about boundaries and you say no and the kid freaks out and it's like, yeah, you know, it is, you feel bad, but you're also like, you're also teaching them something that's so valuable long-term. Yeah. It's really hard, um, though. It's really yeah. hard. And so then we have time boundaries. Never thought about that. No. That's so you not have on a baby. Yeah. Pe- baby, you have a baby and people are like, um, so you're going to be like at our, you know, you're going to be at our party this weekend, right? <sighs> uh, yeah. Why don't, no, we want to see the baby. We'll, we'll help. And you're just like you feel pressured to like, to, you know, to do this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's a big thing of saying no. And I'm really proud to say that I've gotten much better at that. Like we just don't attend indoor birthday parties. It's really overwhelming for my kids. Um, and so people are like, you know, and I, and I also feel like I don't have to give an excuse anymore. You know, it's like, oh, we won't, we're, we're not able to make it. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. And there was, I, I remember there was somebody who was, um, a part of my dojo who was promoting to, um, black belt and, you know, they were inviting everybody to come and watch. And and it was like a Friday night and it was like an inconvenient time. And I was kind of like, oh, I'll try to be here. I'll try to be here. And it's like, I knew that I wasn't going to be there because I knew it was just inconvenient and something that I didn't want to do. And so I was like, I really, I really should have just been like, I can't make it. Good luck. You know, I'll be thinking of you. You know, I hope everything goes well. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it seems so hard because we just, again, our society looks down on this so much. Um, but it really is okay. And like, once you do it a few times, you're like, oh yeah, it's not that bad. I had a therapist tell me one time, like you don't, cause I always felt like I needed to give a reason Yeah, yeah for anything. Yeah. And a lot of times like work related too. like if somebody, you know, I really need to be seen right away. And if like, if I can't do it, I feel like I need to give excuses for why. And, I, and you know, my, I had a therapist one time that was like, you don't owe people excuses. You just, you can't do it. No, and if line. You, right. And if you think about the fact, if you invited somebody, if you were like, oh, you know, would you like to come to, you know, I don't know, my baby's birthday or whatever. And they were like, oh, I'm really sorry. We can't make it that day. You wouldn't be like, why? I know. Why can't you make it? Oh my God, you're such a horrible person. No. Like you wouldn't. You would just be like, oh, that's too bad. They're not able to make it. Like, so think about that's that's how they would react to you saying it too. Yeah. You know, it's just us that we carry around this guilt and this shame about saying no. And that yeah. brings me to sexual boundaries. Oh, we should probably take a break first. Oh, <laughs> we're going to talk about sex. No, we're not. Just kidding. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. Those are yeah. those are big boundaries that deserve more than just a minute. To, yeah. Okay. To discuss. Yeah. We will be right back. Yes. Today's episode is brought to you by the Breastfeeding Shop. The Breastfeeding Shop helps new and expecting parents around the world with their breastfeeding journey by supplying breast pumps, breast pump accessories and more through your insurance. The Breastfeeding Shop works with most health insurance insurances like TRICARE, Aetna, Cigna, United, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and more. As a female-owned company, the Breastfeeding Shop helps provide resources to moms so that they have so that they have a successful outcome, whether it be for a mom who chooses to exclusively breast pump, breastfeed, or both use a breast pump and breastfeed. It's not just about shipping a pump to the new mom. It's understanding and relating to her needs individually and making her day a little easier. Check out all the Breastfeeding Shop's breast pumps at thebreastfeedingshop.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by an update from Docatot. And so you guys have probably heard um, our ads last, I believe it was last month where we talked about... Um, the dock from Docatot. And this is the kind of cushion lined um, dock, we call it, where you dock your baby. So you put them in it and they hang out. And we mentioned in that ad, I mentioned in that ad, that you can use it for naps. Um, and I'm here to tell you that that is absolutely wrong. I 
that is misinformation. That is terrible information that I spread to you. And the doc, the doc from Docatot has been deemed unsafe for sleep. You may have seen this in the media too. Um, this doc is not made for sleep. And we know that people are still using this for sleep. And so we want to make sure that you know that if you have one of these, this is not for sleep. We Any, thought it was oh, safe when we promoted it. Yes, so, we did. Yeah. I think it was safe when we promoted it. Um, and now we have learned that um, it has been deemed unsafe um, by the agency that oversees sleep, infant sleep things, which I can't think of what that agency is called right now. But it doesn't matter because I'm telling you that it's not safe for sleep. Um, so if you have one, it is for awake time only. Um, and uh, I believe that they will be discontinuing this product, actually. Um, we did talk about the um, La Mom and Wedge. It's a breastfeeding fill- pillow which shaped like a wedge, and it's very pretty. You can see it on, on there. And there are no problems with that. That is still um, a safe product to, for you to use. And if you have one of those, then don't worry about that. And they are very nice and cool and pretty and you know, decorative for your home. So that is my update. You can see those at docatot.com. Um, and when you see the docs, if you are interested in that, just please know they are not for sleep. And you can uh, find today's sponsors and their promo codes in the show notes under uh, this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com or wherever you are listening from. Um, at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will find our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one lactation consultation with Diane, which many of you do, mm-hmm. and many more of you should. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> Because you somebody. can. <laughs> yes, you can. All right, so let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah. Anything? Yes, please. Like the salt and pepper song? Yeah. Um, oh, my God. My uh, so sexual boundaries. I don't know. I don't think I have to explain these to you, although maybe I do, (laughs) because this is something that we are also not taught about. We are not taught that you can actually um, say no. I'm not feeling up for that right now. Um, Can we just watch a movie instead? Or can we, you know, no, I don't want to. Um, So this is, this is a, really tricky for a lot of, I will say women, because you're kind of taught that you're, you know, supposed to be, you know, attractive to men and, you know, you're, you're supposed to be trying to get their attention. And we even get into relationships where it's just kind of understood when he's in the mood, then it happens regardless of how you're feeling. And this is extremely uh, exhausting and disempowering and all of those things that make you feel horrible, especially after you've had a child and you are healing and your boundaries are being pushed in all other ways as well. And then you might have a partner who is not so understanding and they're like, why aren't you paying attention to me? How come you don't want to have legs? How come? Come on. Um, and it's just not respected. So um, for I've your information. 
you can say no. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen that a lot. Like, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, not that all the others are not important, but the first thing that came to my mind was like the time that you are supposed to abstain after having a baby. Um, and they say six weeks and your provider says six weeks. I've had, I've seen it go both ways, right? Like I've had people say to me, oh, we had sex when I went home from the hospital because I didn't want him to have to wait. Like I, I've heard yeah. that. And I've also heard, oh yeah, the doctor told me six weeks, but I told my my husband three months because he didn't know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's <laughs> just like, idea. it really... But nobody has the conversation, right? Like you could tell your husband, yeah. oh, well, yeah, you know, my, my, my OB or my midwife said that, you know, I'm not quite healed yet. I really should wait another four or five, six weeks. Um, because we don't want to come right out and say, I don't feel ready yet. I don't feel like I'm ready yet. And that's yeah. really what we should be saying. But we don't. We make up lies or we make up stories or we make up a reasoning so that we don't get questioned about it because we're too afraid to put up that boundary. Like it's yeah. just, it's yeah. really, and that is a big, like, I think a lot of people who do have like healthy sex lives with their partners, they don't realize how quickly that can change when you have a baby. So it True. might be like, oh, I don't think I'm going to have that problem. We have a very healthy sex life, but then you have a baby and it's like, okay, now you really are feeling tired and Overtouched and you know touched out and yucky and you know all this stuff and it's like and you have a partner who's like oh come on it's been six weeks and you're like what the fuck like it just doesn't <laughs> you know yeah like it's it can be really hard to to maintain that boundary so it might even be a, a conversation that's good to have prior to having a baby yeah. I mean, if you've had children before, then I think that's great. I think if you've never had, if you have your first baby, you have no idea like the changes that are about to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, you think like, oh yeah, like you said, like people say like, oh, it'll be fine. Or this is how it's going to be when we have a baby. And like, it's such a shit show yeah. when you have a baby and there's just no way around that. There's not. It's just, it's so abstract before it happens. And then when you're in it, it's so completely overwhelming. And you think, I mean, people still to this day message me and go like, you know, um, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask this, but like, I don't really have much of a sex drive. Is there something wrong with me? And it's like, oh my God, we're still thinking something's wrong with us. Yeah. And it like, it makes me very sad. Yeah. Cause there's nothing um, wrong with you. No, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with you. You just had a baby come out of your body. Come on. Yeah. Um, and then we have intellectual boundaries. And I see this come up a lot with um, discussions around how long we're going to breastfeed or like bed sharing or, you know, things like this, where people are kind of trivializing, trivializing your um, thoughts and your knowledge about this. You know, they're like, no, well, that's just not good. Or we shouldn't do that. Or, you know. It's and that unwanted advice that yeah. you get from people. Right. Yeah. So what I forgot was that I asked the internet this. Oh, that's right. And so I have some questions. I mean, I have some, some you know, feedback, some participants. Um, should I read them? Yeah. I just bring it up and not read it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I asked Lacey the internet, but we're not going to talk about that. So it's... <laughs> Lacey says, reminding myself that no is a complete sentence. 
I don't need to pick up more shifts at work. I don't need to say yes when I'm asked to stretch myself thin. And that's okay to rely on others so that I can have some time to myself. My husband can do toddler bedtime and I can do baby so that I'm not burned out. I love that. That is like what we were saying about, you know what? You don't need to give reasons. No, I can't take another shift. Yep. Sorry. Exactly. Especially if it's your work. Ew, get out of my life. It was really like, I swear to God, like my husband, he works at this like corporation, you know, and they're like, um, they do these like managerial like trainings and and stuff. And they're like talking about how to like, you know, get to know your employees and you can ask them about things in their life. And, and I'm like, you know what? That's not okay. Right. Like we have been so freaking brainwashed by capitalism to believe that work is like part of our personal lives. That is part of that. We're supposed to share things at work that we're supposed to have this like be this like our main freaking gig in life. And you're supposed to go to work and share your personal shit with your boss. No, No. I'm like, don't Uh -uh. ask people to do that. I mean, if they want to and you like, of course, people all the time create friendships at work that go beyond the workplace. And that's awesome. But like just like teaching managers to be like, oh, share something about yourself like that. Ugh. I don't know. That creeps me out. I don't like it. I saw there's somebody that I follow on Instagram posted something the other day, which I had to I had to read it twice because I was like, this has to be some kind of joke where <laughs> their their job like hosted a how to not get burned out seminar oh during their God. lunch period. And I was like, this has got to be some kind of joke. <laughs> but then once I like read more That's of what they hilarious. were saying, I was like, this is like not a joke at all. Like, this is ridiculous. There is, is no hilarious. concept. Of, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yes. there's no concept of boundaries anywhere in our society at no. all. No. Mm-mm. No. And when, too, like, especially with the, like the intellectual, people will say whatever they want to. And yes, about having babies, but then also about like politics, religion, you know, like, your rights, you know, female rights, anything like that. People will just give you their opinion and then it's a freaking fight. So it's like you have to set those boundaries ahead of time. And I've had to do that or even say to, you know, to my husband sometimes if we're going out with certain people, okay, we're not going to talk about A, B, and C tonight. Like that is definitely not something we're going to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to have that conversation. And especially when it's around like any kind of election period. <laughs> um, but yeah. it's you know that's me. I have also you seen elect- people intellectual boundary violator. Sorry. Oh my god! Like it's just it's so. F- and then you've got people like I. I have one client who um I just something specifically thinking about when she went back to work after her first baby. Um, they were very much just overstepping her, and you know, and it was a job that she worked. She did like a sixty-hour weeks. When she didn't have a baby and they expected her to still continue on with that. And they also said things like, oh, don't worry if you can't breastfeed. It's fine. You can just give formula. Ugh. It's okay. Like the first day back. Yeah. Because like, yeah, we, you know, you should no be boundary. here. You should be here at mm-hmm. your work, you know, pursuing your career, making yeah. a living. Uh, can, think yeah. about, break that sentence down. Making a living. You have to like work to live. And we just like think it's normal. This is just normal. That's just normal. What do you do for a living? What do you do to stay alive and not die? Right. Which means how do you make money so you can pay bills and buy food? And Okay, let me stop. Um, Let me finish these. 
There's just a few. The internet. Yes. Yes. Britt says, this is showing up at just the right time. I'm a single mom of two, still breastfeeding one of them, and I am touched out beyond belief. After these holidays and weeks at home, I was just thinking today that I need to schedule some self-care time weekly that is specifically about not being touched and not talking to anyone. So So specific, I know, but it's one way I know I can check in with the regular me. And I think that's really good at getting specific. Like, what do you specifically need? And we already have like a self-care episode where I like bash all of this, like (laughs) this, like (laughs) responsibility on us to create like, you know, self-care and how self-care is actually like just another way that society says like, oh, you're burned out. Oh, well, it's not our fault. It's not the system. It's you not taking care of yourself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we do live in the system and there's no way. And if you know what you need, if you're somebody yeah. who's like, you know what, I feel great when I can go get a massage, then yeah. that that's fine. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But if you're like, oh, gee, I have to do something for myself. What should I do? Oh, I guess I'll go spend money somewhere like that, you know. But if you know, like, what you want and what works for you, then definitely add that into your life. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like I I do the same thing where I like do not like I, I, you know, I don't stop and do anything for myself. And I'm like, you know what I really want to do? I want to sit on the couch with like popcorn and kombucha and watch The Bachelor. There you go. And Mm -hmm. like my, you know, it's like my I want to do this and I want to do that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going into the other room. And this is what I'm doing. This is like what I'm doing for the next two hours. So you can do whatever you want to do. I don't have babies anymore. You know, go do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Play mm-hmm. with your hot glue gun. Exley's like the hot glue gun guy now. <laughs> <laughs> go play with something hot and sticky. Right. <laughs> go, go burn yourself. Um, so Kaylee says, I have a busy job and I'm going back in the office. My friend told me to set time on my calendar for pumping so folks don't overschedule me. That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's a boundary. Yes, it is. It is a boundary. Good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had to advocate for myself by emailing the facility manager because the lactation room fridge had mold in it. Oh, they did get a new fridge though. So, but yeah, you, yeah, that's another thing. You just gotta, any, yeah, advocating for yourself. Uh, Megan says, I want 30 minutes of me time three times a week. I need to keep moving forward with physical and educational goals, running, reading, course planning. That's, that's, I love that. And that's something too, just like planning walks for yourself or whatever to get your, you know, yourself moving, your blood flowing, um, can, you know, all that stuff we know helps with your mood and all that. And Um, a lot of people, for a lot of people, that's when you like clear your head, you know what I mean? Like, well, I know when I walk the dogs, which I don't do as often as I should because we have a fenced in yard, so I just let them run around. But I will you know, put my headphones. I know, right? I'll put my headphones on and I'll listen to a podcast or something and I'll just walk and just listen to something, you know, where I don't have to think about my day or I don't have to think about what things I need to do for work or I don't have to, you know, it's like, it's just time where I can just clear my head. And that is great to do. Yeah. I mean, those things are very meditative. I have a really hard time sitting on the ground and meditating. Oh, I can't do it. Like, I I have a really great time when I put music in my headphones and I like just run on the treadmill for 30 minutes, just blasting like Metallica in my ears. Yeah. And that's like that to me is that gives me that feeling of just like, I'm not a part of the world right now. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. my body is doing this rhythmic motion over and over and over again. And I've got you know, music that makes me feel good that I like and 
Yeah. That's the same yep. thing to me. Absolutely. Okay. Let me finish these. Um, baby's just over two weeks old and I've already heard enough. You're holding them too much. You've been spoiling them. You're going to regret holding them that much. No, what I regret is not holding my older two longer. Oh, we can work on setting him up a more solid routine in about a month or so, but right now he can control what's going on just a bit. Um, and that's that unwanted advice that's violating your boundaries. Um, Absolutely. You didn't ask for that advice. You didn't ask no. for somebody to tell you, Nobody what do you asked. think about me holding my baby? No, you didn't say that. I'm sure you didn't say that. Yeah. Okay. That's what I've got. Yeah. Um. So one thing that I, well, I had a couple here because I- Oh, you know, shit. I, sorry. <laughs> no, that's totally fine because you covered most of them. They were talking about five different types, physical, sexual, intellectual, which we talked about those, emotional, but then there was a financial as well. Mm. And- um, material. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, they said, of course, you know, financials, you know, about money. Um, the example they give here is not, uh, maybe it's something everybody, you know, other people have come across, but I have not, where it says, if you like to save money, not spend it on trendy fashions, you might not want to loan money to a friend who does. I don't think I've ever had a friend say to me, hey, can I borrow money so I can go buy something? Buy like, some uh, fashions. Yeah, no. I've not had that happen. So no, that either. is not my thing. But I will say as, and I was complaining to Abby about this before we got on, um, as the parent of a college student, I, well, I have three college students, but one who's out of state. And um, I find it very, very difficult to put up those financial boundaries. Like I struggle with it daily because he needs stuff. And you have yeah. that line of, Am I crossing that boundary of where I should be teaching him how to be self-sufficient? But I'm also being that parent too. Like, I don't want him to starve. So I want to make sure that I, you know, send him money for groceries or whatever. But then you find out that they're out like going on these little trips with their friends or something like that or getting tattoos, which is kind of what happened. (laughs) Um, So it's, it really is hard because you, you want to help your children set up these boundaries, right? You want to show your children, look at, this is important for you to realize, but at the same time, it's impacting you as a parent too. And it's really hard to do because it's like you, you want them to be successful. I want him to be able to eat. I want him to be able to get where he needs. So he needs gas in his car or he needs his car to be fixed or whatever and doesn't have the money for it. So, you know, here's the mom who does everything, right? You're not going to say, no, I'm not going to give you money for food, but you have to set some kind of boundary. And um, that is really hard to do. And anybody who's, and maybe you remember doing this, you know, when you were in school too, I've had people say to me, well, you know, my parents made me pay money back or they made me, you know, they put me on a payment plan and they would front me some money and I would have to pay them back, you know, this much a month or whatever. And it's like, God, I just don't, those are some freaking good boundary setting parents, man, because I just can't, I, that, I just can't do it, you yeah. know, and I, I should so that I can teach him the value of money. And then I've got another, my daughter, who, you know, knows the value of money and is very good at keeping her money where she needs it to be and paying her own bills and things like that. Um, so it really is, it's hard setting financial boundaries for sure. See, folks, it never ends. Oh my God, it doesn't. Because these are you know, young adults that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and I know that there's people that listen that have older kids and then decided to have like another one younger later in life. I've definitely seen that happen a lot. So you might know what I'm talking about. Or like I said, maybe you're still in a place where you remember that happening, um, to you. And it is, you know, 
I think everybody's asked their parents for money at some point, right? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. My, yeah, <laughs> I, I did, but I quickly got a job and was taking care of myself. Um, I was too, you know, yeah, pretty early on. But um, I remember my husband saying, like, well into his thirties, when he was just like, you know, going around the world doing random shit. Um, <laughs> he said that he asked his mom. I think he was in his maybe he was in his late twenties. He asked his mom for money, and um. She said, I'm going to give you some money, but this is the last time I'm going to give you money. And this is, this is the end, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he didn't ask anymore, but like, that was her. Yeah. She had to put up that boundary. Like how long, <laughs> how long do I yeah. need to, and my dad cannot do this because he just cannot set boundaries with money. He just won't, he just can't. And he complains about it behind everyone's back, but still like, but just won't yeah. say anything. And like I'm like he complains to me because it's not me, the one that does it. I'm over here, you know. <laughs> I pay my bills, whatever. I don't ask him for money. Um, but other people do. And he just complains about it. And I'm like, well, why don't you say something? No, I don't I don't know. I don't Yeah. Because he can't do it. It's hard, right? It it's like yeah. it's really hard. Yeah, Especially when it it's is. somebody that's, you know, your blood relative. And right. I should be like, my mother would be like, Well, what did you spend that money on? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. And I <laughs> hate to do that too. But it comes it all comes out, you know, it's like you kid that you got a kid that's broke and then all of a sudden they're doing, you know, they're at this party or they're going on this trip or they're, you know, doing stuff. And it's like, okay, that stuff takes money. Yeah. So obviously you does. have it. You have it for what you want to do with it, but you're not putting that responsibility into where you should and that's where the teaching comes in and that's what i'm not good at i'm kind of like well he'll get it eventually yeah <laughs> because you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah without me having feel, to be an asshole i mean they are adults but they're also super young like they're not they're still yeah. in that transition right like away from home to oh yeah kind of being on their own and i've thought about this too i'm like i'm gonna help my kids during that period because i know a lot of people they turn 18 and their parents are like that's it Right. Out. Yeah. I Get know out. people like that too. And I'm like, oh my God, I could never do that. I know. And Jack says like, what do I do about like, he's 11 and he's worrying. He's like, what do I do about like an apartment? How are you? Can you pay like rent with a job? Like to get target or something? And I'm like, no, don't go get me started. <laughs> about <I know. laughs> how people can't even pay rent when they have these just jobs. They work at 40 hours a week. Um, but I was like, well, I was like, we're going to help you. Like we mm-hmm. will help you like figure all of this out. And like, no one's going to, you know, you're not going to go hungry. You're not going to be on the streets. Like you can always come back here. And I don't know, you know, some people are like, no, you shouldn't do that. They'll never be on their own. But I don't know. I don't know. I just can't be I like, like, okay, you're 18 you're on your were. own. Yeah. yeah right. Just... That's, you're like a baby when you're 18. I know. I, I know. Be, oh, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so as you can see, there's lots of boundaries. <laughs> there's lots yeah. of things. And we all have something that we struggle with, obviously. Like, and like we said, it's not just with, you know, in the newborn period, there's lots of, there's lots of stuff and it's really, it's hard. But setting boundaries is an important piece of keeping yourself healthy. Yep. Um, yeah. And yeah. Thank you for listening. Hearts. Thank you. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Bye.